0: welcome to the next episode in our digital download series. I'm Lizzie Williams. I'm a Senior Associate in the Dispute Resolution Group at Harbottle and Lewis. In this podcast series, we are discussing topical issues in the digital and tech world and giving you our expert steer on the legal issues they give rise to. In each episode, we will interview some of our colleagues on a tricky tech topic, and today's guests are Josie Bright, Senior Associate, and Shayna Patel, Associate, both of whom are in our Advertising, Technology and Data Group. I'll be talking to them about how Web3 is being used as a marketing tool and issues to be considered when buying space in the metaverse. If you're listening to this episode, you may also have listened to episode six of this podcast series called Meet You in the Metaverse, where Kostya Lobov and I explored the concept of the metaverse and associated legal considerations. The phrase Web3 is often used interchangeably with the metaverse. However, the concepts are not the same. Web 3.0 is what powers the metaverse. It is the back end of the future state of the internet. It's the infrastructure behind it, a whole series of decentralized concepts. Web 1.0 was the first iteration of the internet, static web pages hosted online. Web 2.0 is dominated by and reliant on the infrastructure of social media platforms and is interactive in nature. And Web3 could lessen the power or control of those platforms, as theoretically, since it's decentralized, users do not need to rely on the platform to interact with others. To understand more and how Web3 can use the marketing tool, let's kick off today's interview with Josie and Shayna. Josie, first of all, why are marketers and brands so interested in Web3?
1: Well, potential consumers are already using Web3 infrastructure to essentially merge their experiences across real life, virtual reality, gaming, and other digital channels and platforms. And brands are naturally keen to explore new ways to engage with their consumers. In particular, forward-thinking and creative brands are interested in the impact and potential this immersive digital environment may hold for the customer
0: experience and customer relationship. Thanks, Josie. So Shana, what are the main ways in which Web3 is being used by brands and marketers at the moment? So Web3 is being
2: used in a number of ways, and I can quickly just summarise three of the most popular methods in which we're seeing it being used. So the first is the use of digital assets and collections. It's worth mentioning on the outset that the brands who are already exploring and creating projects connected to Web3 and the Metaverse tend to be those with money to spend and those where creativity is an important part of their engagement with their consumers. Predominantly, we're seeing it with fashion and retail brands. Nike, Adidas, Gucci and H&M are just a couple of popular names that have moved into the NFT market making digital versions of products and merchandise items in the form of NFTs for player avatars to interact with, try on, and purchase inside the virtual worlds they live in. These brands have developed exclusive collections and collaboration items and use these as an entry point. So brands are using these collectibles to create elite communities and exclusivity within a brand's offering. Some NFTs are also being used as redeemable tokens, used to redeem physical products as a way of brand engagement. As I mentioned, it's being used as an entry point, and then brands are then going on to buy land parcels and open up virtual stores. And that leads me onto the second method, which is space, land, and displays. As we know, the metaverse is visually stimulating, and brands are making the most to entice their customers to buy in-game and real-world products. Players can see billboards, signage, video presentations, and interactive art. Virtual buildings and stores have flashy neon logos, games to play inside, virtual factory walks, interactive assemblies, and so on. A good example is if we look at Gucci. So Gucci bought land in Sandbox to open online concept store Gucci Vault after it had successfully launched its NFT auction inspired by its fall winter 2021 collection. And it sells from the Gucci garden in Roblox, where users can purchase collectibles. Gamification is another method which is being used. So, brands like Louis Vuitton have gamified the way people experience their brand and offering. Louis Vuitton launched Louis the Game, an adventure game featuring its main mascot, Vivian, for the brand's 200th anniversary. So, by using a game, it's um, another way and another offering from the Metaverse and Web3.
0: Thanks, Shana. So, you mentioned that land in the Metaverse is being bought and increasingly being used as an advertising tool, and you've walked us through some of the associated issues with that. Josie, could you talk us through the differences between that and buying advertising space in the physical world?
1: Yeah, so I can um, touch on the physical world and, and Shana can mention about the, uh, what it's like to buy space in the metaverse. So in the physical world, out-of-home advertising is, as the name suggests, any visual advertising media found outside of the home. Um, and it encompasses things like roadside billboards and posters or signs such as those on the tube or at bus stops or in event spaces. Um, and these are static, or they can be digital-operated posters, and which are placed in the real world. This type of media, out-of-home media, remains a fundamental part of most large brands' media buying strategy, and its key attraction is trust. Unlike digital media, there is less uncertainty about whether your ad will actually be seen by consumers, the concept called viewability. Since Delivering your brand message from a large billboard, which you know thousands of commuters will pass every day, is guaranteed to reach consumers' eyeballs. And there are trusted industry bodies providing insightful measurement services related to out of home media as well. Of course, out of home advertising in the physical world is really well established with a network of out of home media owners who license these billboards and the like for advertisers to display their advertising on. And so there's no need for advertisers to actually buy physical space or land in the um, real world in order to advertise. Yeah, and this really differs from
2: buying land in the metaverse. So the rights acquired when purchasing virtual land are in most cases purely contractual in nature, or they're a mix of contractual rights and a limited license to use certain existing IP rights owned by the metaverse provider. In that sense, the position is not dissimilar to an end-user license agreement, so a EULA, in which you might agree when purchasing or downloading an open-world online video game, except the degree of sophistication of Metaverse T's and C's is generally much lower at the moment. The platform T's and C's will generally govern the restrictions associated with the rights. So, for example, um, we can take a look at Decentraland and how they do it on their platform. So users can purchase land within Decentraland via tokens. So there are two. The first is the MANA MANA ERC20 token that allows users to claim parcels of land and trade with each other within Decentraland. And the second token is the LAND LAND, the ERC721 token, associating each land parcel's X and Y coordinates with a definition of a parcel's 3D scene, which makes up the larger metaverse. So this suggests that the purchase of land is the purchase of these tokens that allows for the access and use of the land itself. The Decentraland T&Cs state that all title and ownership rights over each piece of land, i.e. the related tokens, lie with its owner. So this in turn suggests that ownership of the relevant tokens that allow access and use of the land is transferred to a purchaser on purchase of the tokens itself. The T's and C's also state that each landowner decides the content to be included in the land and may impose its own terms and conditions and policies, suggesting that the purchaser of land can impose their own T's and C's on visitors and exercise an element of control. At present, there is no formal legal recognition of virtual land within the metaverse. The concept of ownership itself when it comes to virtual assets is also elusive, inconsistent and benefits from
0: little to nothing in the
2: way of regulatory protection.
0: Thanks both. So if advertising agencies are increasingly being asked to buy or considering buying advertising space in the metaverse, what are some of the key considerations they should have in mind?
2: Yeah, there are a couple to flag here. Um, So one of them is the ownership and IP rights, um, which is something that should be considered. So for example, thought should be given to the best way for agencies to own or lease land for internal purposes or for projects with clients. Often the platform T's and C's state the IP ownership position and any related restrictions, which in turn might help to decide whether the client should buy the land themselves or whether it would be fine for an agency to do so and transfer the ownership. Another key consideration is the security and permanency of the virtual world and the disclaimers around risk, which should also be read and flagged to the client. Given that most suppliers T's and C's contain Disclaimers addressing availability and permanence or ability to continue to access and use the land. These should all be communicated to advertisers by their agencies and the risk should be backed off in agency agreements with advertisers. Where advertisers are looking at buying land directly, the risk of impermanence of the assets bought need to be understood as part of the risk of engaging with the new and evolving concept.
1: And exclusivity should also be thought about. So contractual guarantees that the purchaser has the exclusive right to occupy and use the land will be important. So any supplier terms and conditions should be carefully reviewed in this respect. These contractual terms may also be enhanced by technical methods such as the use of specific tokens which are required in order to be able to access the space. Another important area will be brand safety and verification. In this regard, the same concerns that arise in the digital media buying world will also apply. So, for example, brands will want to know that the environment in which their advertising is appearing is brand safe. They'll want to know that uh, adjacent spaces won't be purchased by competitors or by those that are engaging in offensive, illegal, or inappropriate conduct. Purchasers of land uh, may wish to check that their providers have acceptable use policies and the ability to actually enforce them, such as via an effective takedown procedure. And in addition, they'll want information on whether their ads are actually being seen by users and transparency over where their money is going. So in this respect, content verification tools will also be an important part of helping to provide this insurance. And finally, the ability to negotiate with providers should be considered. Large agencies looking at buying land for client campaigns or Advertisers looking to actually buy direct may wish to approach providers to seek to negotiate bespoke terms, uh, which address some of the concerns mentioned so far. Some providers do allow for this. Where it's not possible, purchasers need to engage on the provider's standard terms and conditions, which are unlikely to offer all of the protections and safeguards required. And so this will need to be understood in advance. And in the case of Agencies, they'll need to communicate this to their clients and ensure that their agreement backs off any associated risk in a way that agencies usually approach this issue when dealing with non-negotiable third party terms, i.e. by providing that they will only be liable to the client to the extent that they can actually enforce and recover damages from the relevant third party.
0: Thanks, Josie. And thank you both for that insightful walk through the intriguing world of advertising via Web3. Unfortunately, we're coming up to the end of our time slot for this episode. Thank you so much, Josie and Shane, for your time and insight. For further insights, please follow Harbottle and Lewis on Twitter and LinkedIn and join us for our next episode.